Hey, everybody, welcome to the Addiction Unlimited podcast, where you get to learn everything you want to know about addiction and recovery. I'm your host, Angela Pugh, co-founder of Kansas City Recovery, life coach, and recovering alcoholic. To learn more about me, you can listen to episode zero on your podcast app or find us on the web at addictionunlimited.com. Figuring out your relationship with alcohol can be hard, especially if you're looking for all the reasons to convince yourself you're not that bad. And on top of all the questions flying around in your head, like, am I really that bad? Will I be able to control it after I stop for a while? Do I really have to quit forever? You may also be wondering what type of damage alcohol is doing to your body. You may even think you don't drink enough to have physical effects from alcohol. But I'm here to tell you, alcohol is far more damaging than you think. And the surprising thing is, some of the risks are just as high for quote-unquote normal drinkers as they are for chronic alcoholics. So today we're talking about the effects of alcohol on the body. And not only the post-acute withdrawal type of stuff, post-acute withdrawal is that period of time after your initial detox and withdrawal period, which is typically your first like seven to 10 days, right? Alcohol is leaving your body. That's withdrawal. After that is the post-acute withdrawal. Foggy brain, memory issues, sleep issues, those kind of things. And they last typically six to nine months, somewhere around there, but oftentimes can be a little bit longer. So we're not only talking about that post-acute withdrawal stuff. I've done a couple of episodes about that too, and I will link those in the show notes if you want to go back and listen to those. But we're really getting into the real risks that come with drinking alcohol. When you're trying to assess what level of problem you have with alcohol, I always tell you to look at your relationship with it. How often are you thinking about it, planning it, or doing it? And one of the most important criteria to look at is, what are you willing to sacrifice for it? Are you sacrificing time with your family, work performance? your integrity and character? Are you sacrificing your relationships with friends and family or your partner? And what we're talking about today, your physical health and well-being. When you're willing to make that level of sacrifice to something, you're committed. And if you're that committed to something, anything, I hope it's something positive. A sip of alcohol can feel like it's your savior, right? You think it's rescuing you from anxieties, insecurities, boredom, and all the things you're unhappy about in your life. And underneath that lie, there's so much more going on, and it's manipulating your body's landscape from the first drink to the last, and no matter how many there are in between, Alcohol is on a journey in your body and it's changing things like your brain and your heart, and it's creating risks that you don't want to be committed to. Let's start this episode first with kind of a definition of what is quote unquote normal drinking or moderate drinking, right? It's this thing that we are striving so hard 
for. We want to be a normal drinker. We want to drink in moderation. And I'm going to tell you right now that this little piece of information I'm going to give you is really going to be disappointing for you, okay? Because if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure these are not the numbers that you're wanting to hear. So a quote-unquote normal amount of alcohol, normal drinking or moderate drinking is two drinks or less per day for men and one drink or less per day for women. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, one drink a day as a female is definitely not getting me where I'm trying to go with alcohol, right? One drink does nothing. I mean, I probably would now after 17 years of sobriety. Obviously, I have no tolerance. But in the grand scheme of things and how I drank, and if you're here, I'm assuming that you drank similar to me, one drink ain't going to cut it. We all know one drink is not getting us the feeling we're trying to get from alcohol. But that's normal, right? So if you're trying to be a quote unquote normal drinker and you're trying to drink in moderation and you're a girl, it's one drink per day. And if you're trying to create a loophole, which I know how our brains work because I have the same brain, if you're trying to create the loophole and go, oh, well, I don't drink every day. Well, then think about it in a week's time. Do you have more than seven drinks in a week? Because I'm willing to bet you have at least half of that in one sitting and probably more. Now let's get into what equals a drink. A standard drink in the U.S. is a 12-ounce beer, right? A bottle of beer. So if you're drinking a pint, you're already over. A 5-ounce glass of wine. A standard glass of wine is 5 ounces. If you measure out 5 ounces of water and pour it in your wine glass, you'll probably want to cry at how little it is because 5 ounces is very small. And then if you are an alcohol drinker, mixed drinks, things like that, vodka, tequila, rum, bourbon, any of that, one drink is an ounce and a half of alcohol mixed with whatever you mix it with, but 1.5 ounces. And I promise you, remember I was a bartender for 20 years. I promise you, if you're pouring your own drinks, it's definitely more than an ounce and a half. But there's your measurements, okay? One drink or less per day for women, two drinks or less per day for men, and a standard drink is a 12-ounce beer, five-ounce of wine, or one and a half ounces of alcohol in whatever your vodka and OJ or whatever you're drinking. Okay, the next part of this is I want to explain a little bit. I'm not going to make you fall asleep getting in too much detail about this, but let's talk about how alcohol is processed in the body. And this is going to be quick and simple, right? But when you take a drink of alcohol, it goes into your stomach, right? You swallow it, it goes into your stomach. Immediately after you swallow it, your blood absorbs about 33% of the alcohol through your stomach lining, right? Because it's already landed in your stomach. Your stomach is what disperses everything where it needs to be. So through your stomach lining, 33% of alcohol immediately. Then your bloodstream carries the alcohol to your liver and your liver is what metabolizes alcohol and gets it out of your body along with every other toxin and poison, right? Your liver processes everything. But your liver can only process so much at a time, right? So the leftover 
alcohol that your liver can't metabolize is what is circulating through your body. And this is what's measured when, like, if you get pulled over and they have you breathe into the breathalyzer, this is what is getting measured, right? It's all the other alcohol that's circulating through your body. That's your blood alcohol content or your blood alcohol level. Now, your blood alcohol content, obviously, the higher that number is, the more drunk you are, right? And this, it slows down your respiratory system, right? It interrupts the oxygen supply to your brain. And for people that overdrink, this is what, this is how you go into a coma and die, basically, right? Because there's so much alcohol, your body can't process it. And that's what happens. Now, we're going to get a little more into detail of short-term health effects and long-term health effects. Um, first, let's do short-term, right? One of the biggest things is it messes up your sleep. Uh, it can definitely make you sleepy, right? But it it affects your, your sleep quality and it disturbs your sleep cycle, right? So you drink and then you go home and go to bed, pass out, whatever you want to call it. And that alcohol continues to be processed throughout the night. When it wears off, this is so crazy when I learned this too. Have you ever had those nights when you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I stayed out drinking so late and then I woke up super in, early in the morning? Like, what's that all about? And what that's all about is as the alcohol is processed and it leaves your system, right, your body and your brain get agitated. And that's when you start tossing and turning, right? Or you'll wake up. And in that process too, your body doesn't get the REM sleep that it needs. And oftentimes people will have nightmares or super vivid dreams that sometimes are pretty unpleasant. So in your brain, alcohol slows down the chemicals and the pathways that your brain uses to control your body. It alters your mood, it slows down your reflexes, it affects your balance. All of those are the short-term effects. Now, the short-term effects in your body are on your heart, your digestive system, kidney, liver. In your heart, alcohol increases your heart rate, right? And it expands your blood vessels. When your blood vessels expand, it makes more blood flow to your skin, and that's what makes you feel hot, right? Have you ever, like when you're drinking, you feel like your face is hot? And that's why, because it increases your heart rate and expands your blood vessels. In your digestive tract, like I said before, you take a drink of alcohol, obviously it lands in your stomach. What happens once it's in your stomach is it increases your digestive juices. Just like when you eat, your food lands in your stomach, then your stomach produces all these digestive juices. That's what breaks down your food and starts sending all the different pieces and parts of food to the proper places. Fat goes to fat, energy goes to energy, right? Everything goes where it needs to go. But alcohol also irritates your small intestine and colon. So the amount of alcohol that isn't absorbed into your bloodstream then starts passing through your digestive tract, right? Small intestine goes into your colon where it's further broken down, more of it is absorbed. But once it's there too, it can slow down the normal speed that food moves through your digestive tract, right? So it will kind of slow things down and you'll feel backed up. This is what makes you feel bloated. 
and sometimes can give you cramps, right? That abdominal pain and diarrhea. Listen, I'm telling you, this is TMI, but I didn't have a solid bowel movement for a decade, right? Because I, my poor little body was just drowned in booze, but that's what happens. Also in your kidneys, right? Alcohol dries out and dehydrates your body and that affects your kidneys and how your body can regulate fluids and electrolytes. It also disrupts hormones, disrupts hormones that affect kidney function. And then, of course, your liver. We all hear about the liver, especially with alcohol. Most of alcohol is metabolized in your liver, and your liver filters all of the circulating blood and removes all, like I said, the toxins and poisons, including alcohol. And your liver can handle a certain amount of alcohol, but as you continue to drink, your liver gets stressed out. And it can definitely cause permanent damage. So all of these things you can hear, drinking increases the stress on your body and all of your organs. And then, of course, you know all of the more simple things, right? Headaches, dehydration, vomiting, all of those kind of things. Now, I do want to get into a little bit more of the effects on your heart, Drinking can have major effects on your heart and heart function, right? So it can cause some cardiomyopathy, which means your heart muscle has a harder time pumping blood. It can cause arrhythmias, which is irregular heartbeat, high blood pressure, stroke, all of those things. Drink even on a single occasion of drinking puts you at risk, right? Certainly can put you at risk for alcohol poisoning and things like that too. And alcohol poisoning sounds really vicious, but I'm telling you, most of us have had it probably many times, really. And it's just when, like we were talking about, your body processes alcohol, metabolizes alcohol, and all this other alcohol gets backed up in your system because your liver can only metabolize it so fast. And as that backed up alcohol in your system goes more, 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 then, you know, we pass out, we black out, all those type of things. And really that's kind of, that's alcohol poisoning. Now let's get into some of the long-term effects. So if you drink over long periods of time, this obviously can be potentially damaging to many, many systems in your body. And again, with your heart, the cardiovascular health risks, it can raise your cholesterol levels. It impacts your memory, your learning, your behavior. It actually shrinks your brain. It physically changes your brain, just drinking. Loss of gray matter, loss of white matter. Those are really super important things that uh, you can Google that. I'm not going to get way deep into that. But there are severe effects for your brain. Again, your liver, you can get fatty liver, you can get alcoholic hepatitis, fibrosis, cirrhosis, liver cancer. There are risks for your pancreas, uh, vitamin deficiencies. Obviously, you know, alcohol is associated with a ton of vitamin deficiencies because it creates malabsorption, right? It disrupts the absorption and and also lends itself to poor food habits, right? (laughs) Like we're not eating the best and making the best choices. 
It can contribute to developing pancreatitis, which is like inflammation and swelling of blood vessels in your pancreas. And this harms your ability to digest food and absorb the proper nutrients from food. There are risks to your immune system, right? Drinking too much or too long impairs your body's ability to fight infection and disease. And let's talk about the absolute most scary one, which is your increased likelihood of cancer. And many different types of cancers can be influenced by alcohol because alcohol is a known carcinogen. Heavy alcohol use can affect the development of breast cancer, liver cancer, esophageal cancer, that's your throat, esophagus, head and neck, colorectal cancer. And there's also some evidence pointing to an increased risk of melanoma prostate cancer, pancreatic cancer, and it increases the risk of head and neck cancer by at least two to three times in people who have three or more drinks per day, right? That's huge. Like those are gross numbers. And that's what I was talking about in the beginning too of like, what are you willing to sacrifice? Like how committed are you really to your drinking. How much are you going to play that game of, am I really that bad? Do I really need to quit forever? Like there's a lot on the table here, right? This isn't going well. (laughs) It's not going a good direction. There are also the mental health effects, right? Alcohol causes depression and we want to use it for that very temporary happy feeling that it gives us. But alcohol is a depressant, which means it actually slows down the processes in your body, reducing your heart rate, your breathing rate, also reducing your brain reaction times and how your brain functions. There is a direct link between alcohol and depression. It can also lend itself to weight gain. And this is different for everybody, right? You have to think about kind of what your eating habits are also. And I hear people talk about this a lot, like they quit drinking and they lose weight. And other people are like, well, I quit drinking and I gained a bunch of weight. But you have to look at what you were doing before and how it changes. So for me, I didn't really eat anymore. Like the last couple of years of my drinking, I hardly ate any food. So, of course, I was super skinny. So naturally, at some point, I was going to start gaining weight. But other people, like I have friends that would always want to eat at the end of a night of drinking. Like one of my girlfriends was always hitting the drive-through. Like at the end of the night, for me, I just wanted to go home and go to bed. But she always wanted to eat, right? So she gained weight even with drinking. So when she quit drinking, she lost weight. But alcohol definitely can have a lot of calories. So if it's consumed certainly in large amounts, it's going to contribute to weight gain. Also, again, like I said, thinking about what your eating habits are. It can also cause damage to your bones, right? Drinkers are at a greater risk of developing bone disorders like osteoporosis and serious digestive problems like we talked about with your stomach and your intestines. And how about the changes to your personality, right? When you have a drink, and this is one of the things that a lot of people really love about alcohol, right? And where we can get trapped with it. When you have a drink, your inhibitions go down. 
It makes you not worry about how you look to other people, right? That's those insecurities go away. The anxiety goes away because your inhibitions go down. You just don't care anymore. But that also makes you more apt to overstep boundaries, not be mindful of other people's boundaries. And you say and do things that can be hurtful. Anxiety is a thousand times worse. I mean, I'm sure you can relate to like the next morning of waking up and the level of anxiety and usually depression are terrible. So if you've been sitting back and wondering, like not only you can see the effects that your drinking is having on your life, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast right now if you were drinking well and things were going well. But if you've been also wondering like, huh, I wonder what this is doing to me internally. Like, is it really that bad? Is it really that big of a deal? Like I said in the beginning, I want you to think about that sacrifice. What sacrifice are you willing to make for your drinking? There's also some connections to long-term like dementia and things like that because we are injuring our brains. The more we do this, the more injury we are causing to ourselves internally and externally. And where we love to use it as a remedy for depression, anxiety, and insecurities and to numb all the feelings of our dissatisfaction with our lives and our personalities and our behaviors and our choices. We love to numb all of that stuff. But is it really worth it for the long-term effects? Especially if you are caught up in that yo-yo sobriety of starting and stopping and starting and stopping and starting and stopping over and over again. At some point, we have to get real with ourselves about what's really going on and how much are you willing to hurt yourself for alcohol? Are you really that committed to your drinking that you're willing to sacrifice all of these things? And listen, if you want help. If you want guidance and personalized guidance with me walking through this process with you and figuring these things out, I'm happy to help. Schedule a call with me and just see if maybe it's a fit. If you're really done screwing around, done with the shortcuts and loopholes and all the bullshit that you feed yourself, right? When you're done with all of that, I am your person. So, you know, schedule a call. It's worth checking out. I hope you're having a fantastic day, and I will see you next week. You've reached the end of another great episode of the Addiction Unlimited podcast. Candid and honest conversation about addiction and recovery. Be sure to visit us at addictionunlimited.com to join the conversation and access show notes and links to everything we talked about. Love this episode? Please take 30 seconds to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes to help us improve and give you the information you want. Thanks for listening. See you next week.